Welcome to Better Money, a show that points an x-ray at folks driving capital and driving change. People working for better money. I'm Noelle Brown, and I come from the for-profit world. And I'm Jefferson Smith, and I come from the nonprofit world. Today, we're joined by Jacobson Valentine. Jacobson is the founder and executive director of Feed the Mass, a nonprofit cooking school here in Portland. He has more than a decade of culinary experience. And that said, can you tell us a little bit more about your background? What's your origin story? Uh, so I grew, well, I was born in Hawaii. Um, I moved here when I was 11, grew up in the Gresham area, went to Gresham High School, graduated and all that stuff. Um, and then from there, um, I went to uh, college for track. I was a big athlete back then, blew my two-year scholarship just because I wanted to just have fun and do nothing. And then I decided... Sprinting? Long distance running? Shot put? <laughs> shot put and discus. Okay. Yeah. The first two weren't really my guests. Hey, you know, I was I was, I was was different back then. <laughs> I was actually bigger, but it's all good. Um, but then uh, I decided, like, from a friend who suggested, like, dude, you cook great. Your family, like, their food is amazing. Why don't you get into culinary arts? And um, I did that. I went to Le Cordon Bleu in Portland, did it for, like, a year and a half, went through, the, almost went through through their entire program and then at the end they said hey we want you to work for three months for free for free for somebody and on top of that it's going to be full time and I was like no I'm out Mm -hmm. so um, from there I just worked in restaurants for like six years Um, I was also volunteering at my church uh, doing uh, youth pastoring and you know mentoring young kids to be better kids than they are today. They're kind of rough around the edges sometimes, um, especially in churches. It's really weird. Um, <laughs> um, but then uh, from there, I decided I need to do something more with my life than just work in restaurants. My joints are killing me. My knees are going bad. My ankles are going bad. And um, I just don't want to work for somebody that just cares about their profits. And I was just like, I want to do something on a side that like, you know, betters my community. So I started doing cooking classes for kids. And I was helping um, my friend Casey her and her daughter wanted to learn how to make cupcakes in microwaves. It was all over the Facebook. And I was like, oh, I can totally teach them that. So I did that. And then all of the other parents were like, oh, I want to teach my kid this. I want to teach my kid that. And then it just kind of grew over like the first year. And then from there, parents were like, well, do you ever teach adult classes? And um, funny enough, as soon as that was like even put out into the universe, like Fred Myers came up to me and said, hey, we have a classroom and, you know, we can do cooking class in there. Would you be interested in doing that? And I was like, sure, why not? You know, I was like, I'll do it. And then I did it like once a week. And then people were like, hey, we need more classes because they kept selling out and were like, okay, we'll do twice a week. And then from there, like the second year that we're doing Feed the Mass, we just grew into like full-time mode and then uh was it two almost two years ago um in uh, november we got our first place at the art institute because they were closing their culinary program and i was like that's it i quit my job like i was a general manager for a restaurant and i was like i'm done like i'm gonna like jump into this and I was doing uh, four classes a week for adults, one class on on, on Saturdays for kids. Uh, we're teaching kids that, A, they need to eat better, period. Mm-hmm. Like, whole foods. I also understanding, like, what is, like, real food? Like, what is a vegetable? What is a fruit? What is a protein? What is a carb? Um, also talking about the myths of, like, what, what is good sugar and what is bad sugar? What is good fats and what are bad fats? And it wasn't it wasn't just like kids. We were like adults were coming to us, be like, hey, 
I'm tired of like going out to restaurants all the time and I'm tired of, I want to change my health. So we started doing that and we started really just focusing on like getting people to start eating like not even just healthier, just eating real food. Yeah. Yep. So what's your secret sauce? How do you, you know, sort of get through candy, the dollar store to carrots and oranges? How do you, in fact, teach people to do this? Um, well, when it comes to uh, kids, the biggest thing is having their parents there. Like all of our classes, the parents have to stay. The parents have to help them do everything. They also have to like teach them that. So in a weird way, the classes are for kids, but they're really for the parents and teach them how to actually teach their kids and also give them like the small skills of like, Hey, my kids don't like broccoli. So how do we make broccoli taste good? So we teach them how to blanch broccoli. So it's not just mush. And then also how to use like olive oil, salt and pepper. Mm-hmm. And then kids eat it mm-hmm. and they destroy it every mm-hmm. time. So um, also how to roast vegetables, like root vegetables, um, like turnips, um, t- uh, rutabagas and carrots and like throw them in the oven, olive oil, salt, pepper. Like literally the key is olive oil and salt, pepper. If you want kids <laughs> to eat vegetables, that's, that's it. That's that's really the, like that is the key. Like a lot of people don't understand how to use salt. A lot of people don't like use seasonings or spices. And if they learn how to just do basic salt, pepper and olive oil, they can do anything. Question, do you ever take a field trip to the garden? Yeah, so uh, we actually have talked to a couple farms in the area and um, talked to them about, like, during the springtime, having kids come over on the weekends and actually pull things out of the ground and, Mm -hmm. like, actually eat, like, things from the ground. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, last year we did a herb, like, they actually made herb gardens in our class. (laughs) It wasn't even cooking. We, like, brought dirt and we brought egg cartons and we showed them how to make herb gardens. And and the cool part is, like, like when it comes to, like, growing your own food, it's way simpler than anything. The last two years I've been doing, uh, growing, like, fruits and vegetables in my back, like, porch. Mm-hmm. I have an apartment, so it's like I have literally a giant tray that's like a three by two, mm. and I put dirt in it. I put my vegetables, and like I grow salad all summer. What are you most proud of about your work? Um, I'm most proud of actually, like for myself, just actually doing it. Like, uh, like throughout my entire life, I just really relied on like oh, I'm gonna get the best job I could possibly get, and that's gonna be sustainable for the rest of my life. And honestly, I found actually doing this job to have like more faith in myself Mm -hmm. and like the biggest thing that i found is you can do anything you want the cool part about today and this is the greatest year or greatest day and age for anyone to be alive you can find everything you need to do on google and youtube yeah i learned how to do an entire non like make a non-profit fill out all my forms balance my checkbook everything on youtube I uh, had the best salsa dancer in San Diego, and I looked at him and I said, how did you learn to do this? And he looked at me and said, internet. Yep. Do you know how I learned? I learned, and I was, I was, I was well past any playing days that I, that I never had anyways, but the, I learned how to do a proper crossover dribble on the internet. Yeah. Like, only like 10 years ago. Like, it was like way past <laughs> when I should have known Definitely. how to do it, right? So, so, so actually, what's really funny is, like, that's what I'm really proud of is, like, People just need access to things, mm-hmm. and what I what we do with Feed the Mass is we do all of our classes under forty five dollars. Mm-hmm. Anyone who wants to take our class has the opportunity. This year alone, which I'm really proud of, is we are actually giving away a thousand free classes to the community this Amazing. year. And and last year itself, we did twelve hundred classes. So you can see, like, we are twelve hundred classes total, or you're giving two hundred free classes less than this time. No, no, like last year we didn't give free classes. You yeah. did twelve hundred classes did total, and this year you're doing a thousand for free. Yeah, thousand for free. Noah, what do you eat? 
<laughs> I love broccoli. I All also, right. so Asian family, yep. the cucumbers with the sesame oil and then a little bit of Himalayan okay. salt. All right. That's all you need. Some toasted sesame seeds. I respect that. Simple. How do you, feel, you? How do you feel about sugar-free candy for Winco? That's about. <laughs> that's about. That's yeah. a, you can get it from bulk. You can Read get. Read the can, labeling. You can get, no, it doesn't even have labels. It's in bulk. You just go. You put the. You put the scooper in the bin. You put it in the plastic thing. They weigh it. You're out of there, and it's a little bit better than a Snickers bar. I'm not. Then you know broccoli on weekends. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm. I'm okay. That's it. That's my new mission. This year, I'm gonna change you. All right. Yes. I'm, I'm gonna come I to welcome, your house. I welcome it. Yes. And I'm I welcome gonna, it. Like help you out. It might. If my if my if my wife is involved, if I have help, and one, another thing that we that we are learning as we mm-hmm. embark upon this journey that is the show is how much of our how much we can be better if we're working in community, if we're working alongside other people. We've talked about financial literacy and how financial literacy is done better if you're working alongside someone else doing a similar thing. Definitely. So that's what I need is community, not just myself late at night in, in the Winco aisle, okay, <laughs> with a scooper in a bin. All right, but I need Jacobson on my side with some salt and pepper, olive oil, and some rutabagas. There you go. And that's and that's what's, what Feed the Mass is all about. We're all about community. And bringing people into our community is super important because a lot of people who move to Portland have no community. Mm. I mean, I've talked to more people from California in the last, like, year than anything I've ever seen in my entire life. And I'm like, and a lot of them are like, why did you take a cooking class? Well, I don't know anybody. Aww. I don't have a family here. I don't, like. Like last Thanksgiving, we invited people out to have dinner with us and everything like that. And a lot of them are like, well, my family's all the way on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. Or even my family's in California, but I just can't afford to go back to California. And it's just like one of those things, like to have a community and be like, you know what? You have a need and we can like solve it any way we can. And food. Food is the ultimate gathering. That is the most important thing in my life is food. That's why like for the rest of my life, I will always have a giant table in my kitchen. Amazing. Because like... Like what's really funny is I have my first apartment like by myself, and um, we have two giant like four foot tables put together, and mm. everybody who comes over, like we all sit there. And favorite eat. meal? The best. Favorite meal of my entire life um, is always going to be sushi. But mm-hmm. if I had to make it, because sushi is kind of a, it would be um, what kind of a what? I, 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 it's sushi, tough to make. It's, it's, it's an art. Oh, okay, it's time right. consuming. I thought it was going to be like. Cultural pro. I don't know where no. you're going. I thought like <laughs> evil. Those poor fish. Evil. What are you doing? No, no. Just like it's just one of the things. Like you need like at least four feet of space, four by two mm-hmm. feet of space to do sushi. You can't yeah. do it in a little in a little in a little table. You need a no, big table. You need, you need a, a big, Jacobs size table. You need a big boy table. All right. So right. You, you so when it comes to sushi, I, I I try to stay away from making it at home. I just go out and enjoy it. Yes. Because it's, it's something you gotta just enjoy. Um, but if it's for me at home, um, I do a lot of like roasted stuff. Mm-hmm. So like slow cooking, like my mom over um, the holidays, I was visiting my mom in Orlando and we made Kahlua pig oh. and like we, my mom just got a new Instapot so I had to teach her how to use the Instapot oh. and we had like a 10 pound pork shoulder and we just like put it in the Instapot and like it just fell apart. It oh, was the greatest so like thing I know how to make is just pulled pork. Question: mm-hmm. Do you ever make bad food? Like, yes, yes. <laughs> um, well, actually, what's funny is like so. Every class that we that we offer, we all have to do recipe developments. Mm. So we actually have to like find the recipes for it, especially if we don't know how to do it. Mm. Which we're really trying to strive on, like doing stuff that people want to do. So when people say, "Hey, I want to know how to make pho," we have to test out how to make the pho broth. We have to test out how to like what test ingredient. it by looking on the internet or make it first. No, we have to test it. Well, so the, 
the process is we go and we find a recipe online. Mm -hmm. We go on YouTube and see how people do it. And then from there we say, okay, I think we have enough information to actually try it. And then we go and put it in. I think a lot of people go uh, this, do this thing where they like, I'm going to buy all the ingredients and then just see what happens. And I think it's just one of those things like, we're, we're in, we, there's YouTube. Go look how it's done because everything is technique. Mm -hmm. Well, well this, this begs a question. If YouTube is out there, why do we need you? Um, because people are still lazy. And mm -hmm. also... Because um, I'll go to Winco. Well, I mean... Winco's a good place, but an, I won't do all the right stuff on There's I'm an there. intimidation factor. Oh, yeah. Because you can see it online and people still won't do it. But if I told you, like, hey, you're going to be in a group of people that don't that know just as much about food as you, if not less, and you can actually make pasta from, from scratch. No, did you mean that people are intimidated by healthy food, or did you mean Jacobson can intimidate them to make better food? No, I think that just making oh. food is intimidating because you don't want it to come out bad. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, it seems like you've had a lot of success thus far, but yeah. I'm sure there were bumps along the way. Can you talk to us about an epic fail moment? Um, my biggest epic fail moment was I literally, like second year we were doing this program called uh, Food Baskets, and what it was is we would go, and like try to wrangle up as much free food as we can from like that are all produce so nothing in boxes and we went to this gleaners we went to like stores and everything like that and the biggest thing that like the fail was there was times of our entire um there was times where i was literally sitting there i'm like okay well this week we need to get food and there was like of people that wanted it like there was like mm -hmm. a lines like there, like our mm -hmm. second week we had like 50 people come through and then to actually go online and say hey sorry we couldn't get any free food this week it was heartbreaking mm -hmm. and then like people were mad which mm. i get it because there is there is a need for it even like mm -hmm. i lived in brooklyn neighborhood which it's like um southeast like mm -hmm. 15th and holgate there's still poor people there like we're like they're close to downtown and there's still poor people. There's still people that are living three or four people in a one bedroom. Mm -hmm. There's friends of mine who are my age who still have roommates. So let's get into that for a second. Okay. There, the list, I forget who was it, National Health Organization, International Health Organization, somebody like that. But World Health Organization, I think, put out a listing of the most active and least active countries, mm -hmm. which overlaps with, which correlates with the healthier rather than less healthy countries. Mm -hmm. All right. I think number one most active was Gabon, if I'm getting the pronunciation right in Africa. The uh, United States was in the hundreds, like we were in the bottom quartile or the bottom third. Of course. The, and, and if you look at it relative to income, uh, poor people are less healthy. That the cheapest calorie in the United States of America is an unhealthy calorie. That's different mm -hmm. in some other places, but not here. Healthy food can be expensive. So what do you do with the families you're working with, the neighborhoods you're talking about, the apartment buildings you're interacting with, to make sure you say, oh, here, eat whole food. And go over to Whole Foods where stuff is twice as much. Okay, so first, there's a couple things that you have wrong. Um, a, healthy food there's is not expensive. There's way more than a couple things. Uh, well, <laughs> and just in that one statement. Teachable alone. moment. So here's a teachable <laughs> moment. Here's a teachable moment. In that so, single sentence. Healthy foods is not expensive. There's places like Winco. There's places like Grocery Outlet. There's places like food pantries that actually have, like Oregon Food Bank itself, this year alone, is actually going to have the biggest amount of food ever donated in their entire like existence because you want to know why because we have tariffs that are literally starving we farmers. can't sell it to china so people are we're get, people are getting, getting raspberries here like cheap. The, like i met the director of oregon food bank last month and literally she's like we need people to disperse food we need people to use the food because we're going to be getting more like you're like 
Yeah, I'm like, I'm literally sitting like, give it to me. But they have four times as much as their entire like factories or uh, storage places that they have of food. So to say that like food is expensive, no. I think you just need to figure out like where those things are. And I think organizations like Feed the Mass can definitely help with that. You mentioned $45 for your cooking class because you wanted it to be affordable. This is the Better Money Show. We talk about developing businesses or the people who are using money for better purposes. What drove you to do that? Um, Well, the reason I started a nonprofit is because I didn't want my my baby to Mm -hmm. grow up only depending on money. I wanted it to really depend on the community. And one of the things that we've learned over um, the last three years is people are willing to come back and invest in something that is affordable. And doesn't mean that our classes are um, less valuable because our, 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 our classes are actually, in fact, just as good as you would get like a Sur Tab or Hip Cooks. But the biggest thing is we want people that can't afford Sur Tab and can't afford Hip Cooks. Um, we want those people to be uh, part of our community because we know that if they spend $45 a month, they will be more empowered to cook something that they've never cooked before, mm-hmm. more empowered to ask what kind of vegetables or try new things because I say so. Like I said, hey, why don't you try something? Why don't you like? We are in Whole Foods when we do our cooking classes. I, I, there's so many people who say, hey, could you tell me like, what is, what is, what are those? Mm. We can go downstairs and like have conversations about like where do I go shopping or what do I look for when I'm going shopping mm-hmm. and how do I like if I if my only store I have access to is Whole Foods, how do I make it affordable? Amazing. And so that's what the conversations we have. And I think the biggest thing is you don't pay to do cooking classes. You pay to be a part of my community. Amazing. So I love the story. I love what you say about community. It definitely changes the way that people perceive everything mm-hmm. when they have people they can partner with to do that and and commit to a new lifestyle. Definitely. What do you say when someone calls bull crap about your whole mission and your nonprofit and what you're doing? <laughs> what do you say to that? Um, well, I think a lot of it is the bull crap they say is um, – that we that eating healthier or cooking isn't going to solve anything, and I call bullcrap because a if you take my class a you'll automatically be part of my my family my community. Um, so that means if you ever have a problem like hey I really want to take a class, um, you come talk to me. We have a scholarship program that we can you can fill up online to take a free class. Um, if you can't afford classes, we 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 still invite you into our classes. Um, on top of that. Just being in a in a situation where you cook more, mm-hmm. um, you're automatically emotionally more healthier because you're doing something that is that is immediate reward. Mm-hmm. So you create something that you're like, oh, I'm gonna make mac and cheese, and you eat, you sit there and you eat it, and it's like, oh my god, this is perfect. Mm-hmm. Like emotionally, you get good, good. And then on top of that, if you have a family, you're providing for your family. Feed the mass in five years. What's the big? You can pick your own timeline. What's the big dream? Um, five years. So five years is coming up in two years. Um, so what that really means to me is in uh, two years, we're going to be in different states. So I'm hoping by the end of this year, we're going to be have, having spots in Vancouver. Um, and also we're looking at possibly even stretching down to LA or someplace in California. Um, five years from today, um, I will be opening up probably at least three or four in, in different states. Like I'm, I'm expanding. I, I truly believe that the feed the mass community is something that anyone, and we actually set it up that way where if anybody ever said, Hey, I want to have a feed the mass in like 
in Michigan, Detroit, Michigan, where there's really a lot of people who are suffering from like contaminated water, um, job inequality. Um, I want to promote this because I think we need to really focus on community. If people value community, they'd want to feed the mass in there. What and, if you could partner with like a boys and girls club nationally and have you virtually do cooking classes across the country? Oh, well, I mean, yeah, I would do it. Mm-hmm. I would, like that. And that's the biggest thing is like there's so many like we're in the eight, like day and age where I want Feed the Mass to be like glo- like globally understood that this is most important. I mean, they already started in England, like one of the biggest mm-hmm. people that I I actually um I find to be like kind of like my inspiration to start Feed the Mass was like Jamie Oliver and Gordon mm-hmm. Ramsay. They started a big thing in in, in um, the F word, which mm-hmm. is food, mm-hmm. not the other F mm-hmm. word. <laughs> and Jamie Oliver, uh, Food Revolution, they started having people actually start eating better. And actually, Jamie Oliver tried to do it in, in, in the United States. And then everybody was like, oh, this is cool for like six months. And then it was disappeared and no one cared. Um, but to actually like actually start a revolution of like getting these the, the idea of feed the mass into schools, getting p- things into community centers, um, we already started doing it. We like we already have a system in place where I, if I ever left, they can re- replicate this mm. everywhere. Um, and it took a lot of time, it took a lot of patience, and it took a lot of really good team that I actually work with, a lot of volunteers. Um, and I think that that's really what it's all about. Like in five years, we're going to be a virus. In this, and I would say more of like an antivirus. A bloom. A bloom. Ooh, I like that. A bloom. A bloom. There, no, go ahead. Sure. No, I mean, this 100% leads to our. Around. Can I can I do one thing yes, before the rapid round? Please. Because I, I recognize now a couple times you have said things that weren't in the script that were really useful, which is like trying to think about, oh, how could this organization's being built right. partner with some other organization, do some other things? So it made me it made me think of a question that we might even ask other guests in the future. For sure. What's something you're trying to noodle on? What is a problem that you're in the way that Noel Picaro Brown or heck me or heck, one of the guests that we interview another time mm-hmm. might be able to help you solve, either because it's an, a problem that everybody faces or it's very specific to what you're trying to do. What's in your way? Well, I think the biggest thing in, in, in our way is there is this this mentality that like we don't need to help. Like everything is a competition. Mm. Like that's the biggest thing. And I think like one of the really good books I hope everyone ever uh, tries to read is called The Go-Giver. Um, and it actually depicts of a uh, scenario where a guy goes around and he uh, gets a mentor. And a lot of the mentor talks about, like, these rules. And one of the biggest rules is understand that everybody's not your competitor. In fact, everybody's your friend. Mm-hmm. And everybody should be pushing each other's businesses. Because if I – really good example. If I had the best falafel place in all of Portland, and but does everybody want to eat falafel every day? Hmm. No, but I know that there's also a guy who makes amazing burritos down the street. Well, I would go tell him, be like, hey, you've had falafels all the time. You know what's really cool? There's a burrito place right down the street. Mm. Or, and and that actually, and, and there's also this like big thing where people think that like, oh, just because they're doing exactly the same thing as me. So like, Sir Latab does does cooking classes. I would still say to people, hey, go to Sir Latab because they also have all the gadgets you're going to need. They're also going to have like even more advanced classes that mm-hmm. we than what we do, and on top of that, they're really cool people. Like, and in the same sense, they'll go and say, "Hey, you know, we do a cooking classes," and people's like, "Oh man, eighty dollars or a hundred dollars for a class—that's a little too expensive." And they'll go around and turn around and say, "Hey, well, there's a nonprofit that does really cool classes down the street," and it's just one of those things like using other businesses as 
as a not really leverage but as a community and mm -hmm. be like hey you know we might be in the same field but i still respect what you do and i still like what you do and i i will still promote what you do because no matter what we're all in this together and wealth isn't isn't needed to be all in one place it needs to be spread out mm -hmm. and i think that's the biggest problem right now all boats rise together exactly I hear you saying an abundance mentality versus merely, a, or in addition to merely a competitive mentality. Let me also ask, though, is there anything that you think you still need to figure out? Is there anything that you think is in your way that you could use advice from, from someone who might be able to offer you that advice? Yeah. Um, it's really hard for anyone who's new to actually have a home. Like when it comes to businesses without like actually having a bunch of capital. So my first two years, I bankrolled myself. I and this last year, luckily, we actually set a goal for $100,000 uh, in sales, and we hit that. But we need people that are like venture capitalists who sit there and say, oh, well, I want to invest in something that will have a return. I need more people that are to say, hey, I want to invest in something that will actually change my community. Mm -hmm. And as much as anybody wants to say that, like, you know, like, oh, well, it, well, then what's the point? They're just That's just charity or donations. I've done mint at least four fundraisers over the last like three years, and all of them are chump change unless you know people. Mm -hmm. And as a person of color, which I, mean, I hate to pull this card out, but as a person of color, I don't have the connections that like a lot of pe other people do. I came from a poor like background. Like I live, most of the people that I grew up with um, weren't wealthy. They had the same struggles. They rented. They didn't own anything. They always like. They were in a situations where, like, by the time they were 21, they had, like, $50,000 worth of debt, and that's not education. Mm -hmm. So it's just one of those things, like, uh, for me, I grew up understanding, like, debt is just part of my life. And then I then when I became an adult, um, things changed. Over the last three years, things changed so dramatically, understanding that, like, I don't have to have debt be a part of my life anymore. I don't have to have, like, being um, poor Ever, I'd never want to teach my kids those things because those are all things that you're taught. Mm -hmm. Like I saw those things, you know, when I was growing up, my mom, like buying things she couldn't afford. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, well, that's totally normal. But no, like there's there's tons of people who, who would tell me that's the stupidest thing you could ever do is buy something you, you can't afford. You save up and then you buy it with mm -hmm. cash. Um same things that we just talked about a little before. Like, schools are teaching kids, oh, open up a uh, credit card because you need to build credit. And they never tell them, like, how do you manage credit? How you Like, what does that mean for you when you're 18 years old? You don't have a job. You're going to school, and you have a $300 balance. Mm -hmm. That $300 balance is, then goes and grows to a $1,000 balance. Mm -hmm. And then they're, collect, they're calling you on the phone, wanting that money. And then they still can't pay, and then they're still like stuck in this like loop of debt. Mm -hmm. They don't have their parents can't afford to bail them out. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's structural. I mean, it's systemic. But how do we, um, as as this community that you're building, how mm -hmm. do how do we create this ripple effect so we can get you those connections? We can get those people saying this is something that I want to champion in Detroit. This is something I want to you know champion somewhere else in the country. How do people learn about you? Um, well, I think the biggest thing that like people have nowadays is a phone, and mm -hmm. they need to just literally start speaking up. 
Mm-hmm. And everybody's okay with putting their cat pictures up, but they never go and, and sit there and say, "Hey, I just heard about this guy on on a on you know on X Ray on the FM. Better Money Podcast and exactly. X Ray with Noel Bacon Brown exactly." <laughs> and um, I'm going to go and tell people about it because no people people don't do that, and I think that people need to stand up if they want to say they want to make change for their community. They need to do that. Mm-hmm. They need to step up. They need to donate. They need to do whatever they can mm-hmm. because people are very easily talking about like the Aquaman, but they'll never talk about the actual heroes that are out there um, in their own town. Love it. With that, heroes, we're going to go into the lightning round. And so, are you ready? I'm always ready. (laughs) Okay, first uh, question up on the lightning round. What's a piece of advice you got that still inspires you? Um, My biggest biggest piece of advice that I got was know your worth. I think a lot of people are are in the situation of like not knowing what they're worth and they just accept what everybody says they are. Um, it took me to almost age 30 to understand that like I'm not worth, you know, $12 an hour. Hmm. And like I even still struggle like with that in a nonprofit sense of like, well, you know, I, I'm willing to like, you know, give you a discount and all this stuff. And like there's there, – don't get me wrong. There's tons of communities I want to help. But when a big co- corporation comes up to me and says, hey, are you willing to give us a discount because we have all these employees we want to have a good time? And I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. Because I know I know what I'm worth. I know what like my time is worth. And you know they can pay. And I know they can pay. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. Like I'm not going to call who they are, but they know they can pay. Mm-hmm. So, What's a book that needs to be on our bookshelves? Um, well, I gave you the go-giver. Um, another one, um, and this is more like spiritual sense, um, T.J. Soar. Amazing, amazing book, especially if you're a young entrepreneur. Read that book if you need to be inspired and get your butt off the couch. Um, and then the last book, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, Crush It. Mm. Amazing book. Um, he, he He's actually the one of the people that actually made me understand that like all the abundance in the world, it's really online. Like, mm-hmm. if you want to learn something, do it, learn it. That's what actually made Feed the Mass what it is. We don't, we don't need to have a certificate to um, teach classes. You just need to teach people. Have you written him a letter? Oh, actually, I have. A, I actually emailed him because he did his. Uh, and I actually kind of called him out a little bit. I, I sent him a message on uh, on uh, Instagram because he's like, "Hey, come have a sit down with me, and I want to like help you with your business." But ten thousand dollars, and I told him I was like. I want to change the world with my nonprofit, and I will never ever meet you that way. And then he's and he's like, "Give me your email address. I want to send you something." And he sent me a signed book saying, "Never, never forget, dude. Hmm. Like, I'll never forget you." Amazing. So it's it's amazing. Amazing. Um, yeah. <laughs> what's, what what's a factoid that everyone should know? Um, that when it comes to um, starting your own business, it's really all about. Um, planning everything like don't just half-ass it sorry no you're fine all right don't half-ass it really because please half-ass it you don't have to apologize no (laughs) (laughs) Uh, don't half-ass it like plan everything out get as much information as you can and the cool part is there's already people that have done it so ask as many people as you know and also get out of your circle 
Like, get out of your circle. Go to networking events. Go to places where people are productive. Go to banks. Ask banks if they know anybody who's interested in these things. Because I tell you what, everybody in the bank, if they have money, they know who they are. Mm-hmm. Go to um, go and find where, like, people have done it before. Mm-hmm. Send them emails. Do not be shy to reach out to people. Because, believe it or not, there's nothing better than getting an email from a person saying, hey, I love everything you do. I want to do it. Tell me everything. What's a quote you try to live by? Um, quote that I try to live by. Um, never be afraid to fail and give it your all. That's like, but it's it's one of those things that like, just leave it out. Like if you're going to do something and if you're afraid that you're going to fail, you will, you will always fail. But if you literally give everything out and just like jump off a ledge and just hope that you're going to make this like splash into the water. Like just give it all because no matter what, even if you fail, you 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 didn't leave anything back. You didn't. You can't ever doubt yourself because you're like, you know what? I gave it all and I failed. Then I'm gonna try again. Amazing. What's something about you that almost no one knows? I love karaoke. Woo! Let's go. Like I love karaoke. Your go-to song? Huh? Go-to song. My go-to song. Oh man. So um, I was a big. This is the rapid round. This Brass is the pocket. So, creep from Radiohead. Mm-hmm. I was a big rock kid when I was in high school. So um, yeah, I grew up in Gresham. Noel, do you have a go-to karaoke song? Brass and pocket. All right, Brass and pocket. What about you? <laughs> you karaoke? I know you do. Mm-hmm. You I have, have a go-to that look. song. What's your go-to song? The uh, uh, Wicked Game, Chris Isaac. Ooh. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I was not expecting that. But thanks for spending time with us on Better Money. <laughs> Thanks so much for spending time with us on Better Money, Jacobson.